Welcome to the St. Barnabas Anglican Church Podcast. We share sermons, teachings, and messages from St. Barnabas Anglican Church in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm Father Andrew, the senior pastor at the church, and I'm glad you're listening today. You're always invited to worship in person on Sunday mornings at 8 and 10 a.m. and on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. You can also visit us online at stbarnabas.us. That's S-T-B-A-R-N-A-B-A-S dot U-S. And now, enjoy the podcast. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. For the past several weeks, I've been reflecting on this Old Testament passage that's before us that we heard read this morning with thoughts around it about what's going on in our world today. And that being said, I'm going to do my very best this morning to keep this sermon under an hour. But since there's no football season yet, if I go a little long this morning, I'm sure you'll understand, right? (laughs) Fear not, little flock. We're going to have you out of here on time. (laughs) But we come to a very, very um, important message this morning. It does have a great deal of relevance, I think, to what's going on in our world today. And I want to read again. I'm going to be reading today, and you're going to see slides today from the NIV version that uh, we're going to open this up today and today. And uh, I'm going to read to you today, uh, beginning verse 7, verses 7 through 9. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word I speak, and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you wicked person, you will surely die. And you do not speak out to dissuade them from their ways, That wicked person will die for their sin. And I will hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the wicked person to turn from their ways and they do not do so, they will die for their sin, though you yourself will be saved. As I reflected on that passage this past week, it occurred to me that I have been a watchman all of my life in one capacity or another, both in my profession and in my vocation. And I presume it was probably by God's divine prompting that my parents chose to name me Gregory, for which in the Latin root word we get the word Gregorius, which means watchful one. So in a sense, that's really what I've been all of my life. In my profession as a flight controller, I've been licensed and entrusted by the FAA and American Airlines as a watchman of countless souls on commercial flights as they journey to their travel destinations. In my vocation as a pastor and a priest, I've been licensed and entrusted by God and His church as a watchman for countless souls on life's most important journey, which is your spiritual journey to our final eternal destination. The fact is, my friends, 
that all of us rely on watchmen in our lives every single day. Just over a week ago, many on the Texas and Louisiana coast were depending on meteorologists as their watchmen to sound a warning of Hurricane Laura as it approached and made landfall. In fact, it's very safe to say that flight controllers and weathermen are watchmen. But the fact is there are many, many watchmen in our world today who oversee our safety and well-being daily. There are security guards in our buildings responsible for our safety. There are elected leaders and officials who watch over our country. And there are those who watch over our children, our health, and our finances in many other areas of our lives each and every day. All of these watchmen are there for us to sound a warning when danger is approaching, to protect us and to keep us safe. But this morning, I want you to think about that in a different light. As important as it is to protect your life and the things that are important to us in this world, it's far more important to protect your relationship with our God, who is the author of our eternal souls and salvation. So who's watching out for that in your life? Who in your life is there to warn you when spiritual danger is approaching or when you start to slip in your relationship with our God? Or when death and separation from God are drawing near? Who plays that role in your life? Well, God tells us this morning who those spiritual watchmen are in this Old Testament passage that we heard read from the prophet Ezekiel. You see, God had called Ezekiel to be a watchman over his people when the Israelites were drifting away from God in their sin and self-seeking ways. It was Ezekiel's job as a watchman to warn them of the coming punishment if they didn't repent of their ways and turn back to God. It was like Ezekiel was sitting on the wall as a watchman, sounding a warning to God's people to turn from their sinful ways because they were headed for certain destruction. Who are the spiritual watchmen day in this world of rampant sin, though, and spiritual decay? Well, you're probably sitting there right now thinking, well, Pastor, that's you. And that's the church. And that answer is partly right. In fact, we've preached on the role of the church and your role within it as disciples for the past two weeks. Every priest and every pastor has been called to be a watchman for God's people. We're to be alert and to be watchful and to warn you of the danger which can attack you and the church and pull you from our God. And that's what preaching is all about. We're here to exposit Scripture to protect you from the subtle dangers that lurk on the other side of that wall and within this wall. But friend, those of us who are sitting up here today are not the only watchmen in this room this morning. God says every one of His children are watchmen. That means you and every one of us here are watchmen. And we're all here to help guard the faith of our brothers and sisters. That's what we do. You might be sitting there right now thinking after saying that, well, that's not me. I haven't been trained. I didn't hear from God like Ezekiel or you ordained clergy. That's not my role. I'm no watchman. That's why y'all make the big bucks. (laughs) 
listen again to what Jesus said to us this morning in Matthew 18. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. Did you hear that? You go. You go and point out their sins. Friend, God calls you to be a watchman also to help guard the faith of our brothers and sisters. He calls us who know the law and realize that we can't keep it, who have yet been freed from that law through the truth of the good news of the redeeming work of Jesus on the cross. Folks, we're all called and given the responsibility and the privilege of sharing that truth with others so that they too might be saved. So what does that mean to you, though, as a watchman? Well, it means you must use your voice to warn others of the sins that you see them stumbling in and then direct them to repent and turn back to the Lord in His saving grace that's always waiting on us. All right, that's a short answer. But what exactly does it mean and what does it look like for you? Well, first we must recognize the dangers of the people around us and what they can fall into. Now that doesn't mean as a watchman and you've been given this role that you're out there to spy, pry, or be probing into your friend's business. That's not what it means. And some might take it from that. But that's not what it's about. But the truth is, you're going to see and witness people stumbling in sin daily. As you work, play, and converse with others, you're going to see where they're stumbling. And I know you see it. Because sometimes you come to us saying you've seen it. Well, friends, we all have the ability to recognize when someone's doing something that doesn't line up with God's morals that's been placed in our hearts. In fact, we even see it in little small children who run in tattletale on their brothers and sisters. We all can recognize sin. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to do that. That's the easy part of being the watchman. The hard part the hard part is shouting the warning and then addressing that sin in someone else's life. It's then we look at our calling to be a watchman and say, whoa, wait, wait, wait a minute now. I can't do that part of it. That's not me. I can't be a watchman if it includes doing that. Well, why is that? Why would we think like that? Have you ever thought about that question? Could it be guilt? You look at the sin in someone else's life and think, well, I can't address that sin because I've been stuck in that before. Or maybe you still are. Or do you look at the sin in another person's life and think, well, I'm not worthy because you still wrestle with that temptation or some other temptation daily in your life? Or do you reject your call to be a watchman because you're lazy and you just don't want to get involved in someone else's life and their problems? Or do I dare say, do I dare say that you just don't care? Taking the attitude of one of the first sons of Adam, a guy named Cain, who asked a telling question of our God, am I my brother's keeper? Or do you see someone stumbling into sin and think, well, that's their problem. I'm going to let them deal with it their own way. Or maybe you have just a complacent attitude. 
Well, somebody else can deal with that. Or maybe you just pretend it's not happening. So you ignore it like you saw it but didn't really see it when in reality you know it happened but you just didn't want to be involved in it. Well, God forbid, God forbid if you harbor any of those excuses. Listen to what verse 8 says about that. When I say to the wicked, you wicked person, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade them from their ways, that wicked person will die for their sin, and I will hold you accountable for their blood. Friends, you are your brother's keeper. You are called to speak out of those stumbling in sin. You have been called and given a voice to speak up for God on Christian morals and values to help guard others' faith. The moral decay that we see out there places a tremendous responsibility on us, the church is God's people, to be accountable as watchmen. Let me put it to you like this. If I knew that I had followed a flight plan full of passengers through a severe line of thunderstorms and didn't warn that crew to take action, I could be tried and imprisoned for not warning, and those people could die. Or if that hurricane that had been talked about on the news for days and days was still coming, but it was still sunny and calm at the beach, and you knew that that old man up the road didn't have a TV, and you didn't try to warn him of the coming storm, would you not be responsible? If you woke up early next Sunday morning, you saw your neighbor's house on fire, and you said, well, you know, old Fred and Sue, they like to party on Saturday night and sleep in on Sunday morning. Um, I don't think I'll bother them. You wouldn't do that. And that's God's point in this passage here this morning. We have a responsibility. We're accountable. Friends, when we see brothers and sisters stumbling in sin, we're called to warn them. And if we don't, we're held accountable. But if we do fail because we are human to warn them, we have to seek forgiveness because we are all, we are all watchmen. As Christians, we all have a responsibility, God and those around us. Now you might be wondering, well, why does God hold us to this Old Testament calling to be a watchman on the wall amid all this sin and debauchery that's going on around us here today? Well, God gives us a reason for that accountability. In verse 11, let's hear it. As surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they would turn from their ways and live. Friends, God wants all souls to be saved. Later in the New Testament, Paul says these words to young Timothy in 1 Timothy 2. God desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Come to the knowledge of the truth. God doesn't just want us saved. He wants all people saved. He wants all people to know the way, the truth, and the life. God wants all souls to be saved because all lives matter. He wants the kid who's riding on the, in the street on your TV at night to be saved. He wants the lost co-worker that you work with and your unsaved loved one to be saved. He wants the wicked leader 
the cheating spouse to be saved. He wants all to be saved, which is why he sent his only begotten son to this broken place that we all might be saved from our sins. And God wants us on the wall as watchmen to warn others to turn from their sins while there's still time to be saved from the eternal wrath to come. So in review, what does it mean to be a spiritual watchman? It means that we, the church, must recognize the danger people are in and we must love them enough, we must love them enough to be willing to get involved and warn them of the wrath to come. And not to ignore it or think that somebody else is going to take care of it. Look, I'll admit, and these guys will, it's not easy to be a watchman. In fact, God had already told Ezekiel to be a watchman way back in the third chapter of his 48 chapter book. And he used almost the exact same words that we heard read today. But that warning went unheeded. And those people were cast into exile. But God told Ezekiel to continue to warn His people. And, as, and Ezekiel was obedient. And then in the next chapter that follows this one, we begin to see the people slowly turn from their sins. When Ezekiel tells them they can be saved by the coming Good Shepherd, their Savior, our Savior. Look, being a watchman isn't fun or easy. I'll admit it. You may warn people and they may ignore you. They might distance themselves from you. They may not like what you're saying. They may not agree with you. But you will sleep better knowing that you have warned them, knowing that you did what was required of you. Listen, folks. <laughs> Your warning them in love will bring you peace whether they repent or not. Peace always follows obedience. Remember that. Peace always follows obedience. That person you may warn may get up and walk away and may permanently distance themselves from your lives. I've had that happen numerous times. But I'll also share with you that I've known people that I didn't warn. And certainly one for sure who didn't take the warning and they died in their sin. And I was laden with grief and remorse after it. Let me tell you, man, I've worked with alcoholics and addicts in recovering centers for years. And I have learned to be bold and to trust God when I confront them with their sin because I know that their eternal salvation and my peace are what rely upon it. I pray today for this nation like I never have before in my life. And that's through the challenges of 9-11 and layoffs and furloughs and mergers and every kind of loss you can think of. But we're dealing with an apocalyptic sin today as never before, with hatred and moral decay that we've never seen before. I pray also that the church, which is you and I, will be bold enough to warn others of the damnation before them if they don't repent and turn toward God in these troubling times. I pray you will embrace your duty as a watchman to fully educate yourselves before the upcoming election when we will have the privilege to be accountable for the individuals that are going to be elected, that they're being elected on good, strong, biblical foundation to uphold Christian morals and values, 
Folks, we are the watchmen. We are the ones to be held accountable. Let me leave you with this. Years ago, a story appeared in the Northwestern newspaper about a truck driver who on a dark, foggy night plunged his rig down into a gorge after the bridge had been washed away, miraculously uninjured. This shaken driver crawls back out of this place and goes back up to the road to try to warn people, frantically waving his arms, screaming at approaching vehicles. He's yelling at him, hey, the bridge is out. Stop, turn around. But most of the traffic on that foggy night ignored him, thinking he was some kind of wacko to their own peril. Such is the situation, my friends, that many face in our world today who are listening to the lies around us. Many like myself have experienced some pitfalls in this life, and we know which way is the wrong direction. But sadly, many warnings go unheeded. In fact, most of us will be reviled and ridiculed for having the arrogance to even suggest there might be a right and wrong way in this world today. But when you're trying to tell someone the right way and they're struggling with that, just tell them what if, what if there really is a right and wrong way? Are you willing to gamble that the road that you're on today won't have a bridge out at the end of your journey? Put that before them. Brothers and sisters, we are called to speak the gospel truth to others, and we are called to be obedient to our job as a watchman. And their response ain't our problem. So be the watchman you've been called to be. This world needs us on the wall out there more than it has in anyone's life in this room, in our lives. We're called to use our voice to tell that gospel truth. Because you know what? Our souls are going to be held accountable for that. And so will the souls of your children and grandchildren if we don't share that truth and don't let the world continue to pump lies into them. Remember this, friends, as difficult as that might be from time to time, remember this. Peace follows obedience. Peace will follow your obedience to that calling when you've done what you've been called to do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Barnabas Anglican Church Podcast. May the Lord bless you and keep you this week, and we'll see you next time. This episode of the St. Barnabas Anglican Church Podcast is copyright 2020, St. Barnabas Anglican Church in Fort Worth, Texas, all rights reserved.